Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Deuteronomy. Now, last time we read Deuteronomy chapter 3, and in chapter 3, the conquests were retold again. Now we're ready to read Deuteronomy number 4, and in this chapter, Israel is going to be urged to obey God's law. Now, this is Deuteronomy 4, and I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Now, O Israel, listen and pay attention to the statutes and the judgments, God's legal decisions, which I am teaching you to do, so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, so that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I am commanding you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for all the men who followed and participated in the worship of Baal of Peor, the Lord your God destroyed them from among you. But you who held tightly to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. Look, I have taught you statutes and judgments just as the Lord my God has commanded me so that you may do them in the land which you are entering to possess. So keep and do them, for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call on him? Or what great nation has statutes and judgments so righteous, upright, just, as this whole law which I am placing before you today? Only pay attention and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life Make them known to your children and your grandchildren, impressing these things on their mind and penetrating their heart with these truths, especially the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, Mount Sinai, when the Lord said to me, Assemble the people to me, and I will let them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me with all-filled reverence and profound respect all the days they live on the land, and so that they may teach their children. You approached and stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire to the very heart of the heavens, darkness, cloud, and thick gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you from the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but you saw no form. There was only a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to follow, the Ten Commandments, and he wrote them on two tablets of stone. The Lord commanded me at that time to teach you the statutes and judgments, so that you might do them in the land which you are going over to possess. So pay attention and watch yourselves carefully. 
For you did not see any form of God on the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb from the midst of the fire, so that you do not act corruptly and make for yourselves a carved or sculpted image to worship in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, or of any winged bird that flies in the sky the likeness of anything that crawls on the ground, or of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And beware that you do not raise your eyes toward heaven, and see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the host of heaven, and let yourselves be led astray and worship them and serve them, mere created bodies, which the Lord your God has allotted to serve and benefit all the peoples under the whole heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron smelting furnace, out of Egypt to be a people for his own possession as you are this day. So notice here, I'm going to stop there for a moment, that notice that the the Lord is recounting and reminding them of the statutes they need to follow, to not make graven images that, you know, we don't need images to worship, idols to worship, because they're nothing. They're just images. They're just items. They have no power. There's nothing to them, so we should not worship them. And then he's also warning them, to not worship the creation, do not worship the sun and the moon and the stars. These are mere created things that God created for us. And he says here plainly that it's for the benefit of all the peoples under the whole heaven. So it's important that we remember those things. Now, does that mean we can't have some little decorative thing in our house No, as long as you recognize that these things we have are decorations, maybe for uh, fun or entertainment, or some people will have uh, decorations that remind them of Scripture. That's perfectly fine. It's when we get into worshiping things and being obsessed with things that we get into trouble. So... Just something to keep in mind, but he's reminding them of all of these things and kind of reminding them of what they've done in the past, you know, talking about the 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 image and how they had made, they, he didn't mention it specifically here, but we know that they made the golden calf and worshipped it. So he's, you know, he's pointing that out that they want to make sure they don't do that. So let's continue on from here. Now the Lord was angry with me at the waters of Meribah because of you, and he swore an oath that I would not cross the Jordan and that I would not enter the good land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance. For I am going to die in this land. I am not going to cross the Jordan, but you shall cross over and take possession of this good land. So be on your guard and watch yourselves so that you do not forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he has made with you, and make for yourselves a carved or sculpted image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, 
He is a jealous, impassioned God demanding what is rightfully and uniquely His. Now here I feel like Moses is really speaking to them himself, talking about the Lord was angry with me because of you. And, you know, he's not putting the blame solely on them, but he is saying that, you know, the way he was dealing with them and the fact that he lost his cool got him into trouble with the Lord, and so he's not going to cross the Jordan. But, you know, here again, it, it, he's not totally laying the blame at their feet, but, it, but they had their part to play. You know, they were a part of the problem. So, in a way, that, that talks to Moses being a normal person. You know, he, he had flaws. He made mistakes. At the same time, he was very good. And, and you'll notice that God had had praised him earlier and had chosen him and talked about how his servant Moses was special. So it's just something to be aware of. But Moses, again, is telling them, don't make a carved or sculpted image. Don't get caught up worshiping other things. For your God is a consuming fire. He's jealous. He's impassioned. What it is is God loves us and cares about us. He wants our attention focused on Him, because then when we're focused on God and following Him and doing what He has shown us to do, that will lead us down the best path for our life. It's not that we won't ever have any troubles or issues. We're going to have trials and problems, and we're going to need to learn and grow through those things. But God doesn't want us having our attention split off in these different things. He doesn't want us to be obsessed with other things. Again, that doesn't mean you can't learn skills and have a job and have a profession. But as far as the goal and the core of our life should be based around God's law and what He's given us. And, and in our case, that's the New Testament and that's the, the Lord Jesus that we are focused on. But all that's built on this. So while in ways we don't follow the technicalities of the old law, the heart of the law is still very much at the heart of what we believe and follow. The Lord is still jealous. He is still impassioned and cares greatly for us and loves us. And that's why he wants us to focus on him and following his wisdom in our lives. That should be at the core, at the center of us. Again, not that you can't have skills and have a profession and have some other interests and and entertainment from time to time. You know, as long as we're not obsessed with other things and chasing other things rather than God. Let's continue on. When you become the father of children and grandchildren and have grown old in the land, Then if you corrupt yourselves by making a carved or sculpted image in the form of anything for the purpose of worship and do evil things in the sight of the Lord your God provoking him to anger, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that you will soon utterly perish from the land which you are crossing the Jordan to possess. You shall not live long on it, but will be utterly destroyed. So here again, Moses is reinforcing 
this teaching from God, do not get obsessed with other things. Do not worship idols or anything that's going to, you know, that you're going to uh, put in front of God. Do not corrupt yourselves by making an image in the form of anything for the purpose of worship and do evil things in the sight of the Lord your God. Well, what's the evil things? That's worshiping, worshiping this idol or worshiping something else. So that's the evil thing that he's talking about, and he's really enforcing that. It still applies largely to us today because we get caught up very easily in certain interests, in certain things. We can be uh, obsessed over certain activities or certain entertainment. We can be obsessed over certain people, like maybe movie stars, or and be drawn away from the Lord through chasing these other things. So we we need to be careful. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy something like uh, like maybe sometimes we watch a, a movie, uh, maybe Lord of the Rings or something, and we like that and we like those movies, but we're not obsessed with them. We're not putting them in front of God. They're they're kind of a fantasy entertainment for us. There's nothing serious about them in that regard. So let's move along. The Lord will scatter and disperse you among the peoples, pagan nations, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord drives you. And there you will serve false and foreign gods, the work of human hands, lifeless images of wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell, the offerings of food given to them. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. When you are in distress and tribulation, and all these things come on you, in the latter days you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful and compassionate God. He will not fail you nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers, which he swore to them. Notice the promise here. There's the, there's the promise of punishment. If they're doing wrong, they will be scattered. They will end up serving foreign and false gods, lifeless images, you know, of wood and stone. But even then, if they will seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. The same is true for us when we stray, when we wander away from God. And we do. From time to time, we still allow ourselves to get distracted or we just, we just stray. We wander off for any number of different reasons. So I won't try to list them. There's so many different reasons that we can make the mistake of being distracted and lured away from God, that um, there's no point in trying to list them all. But nonetheless, we can stray. And even when we stray, if we will turn and seek God and come back to Him. Notice, when you are in distress and tribulation, you will return to the Lord your God and listen to His voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful and compassionate God, because He does love us. He is a consuming fire. 
He cares so much about us. He is merciful and compassionate. He will not fail us nor destroy us, but he remembers the promises he has made to us. And he cares about us. So it really makes a big difference in how you look at God and compare him to these these idols or nature, these other things, the part of the creation. They do not love you. They do not care about you. They are nothing but what they are. They're wood and stone and dirt and air and water and so forth. So let's continue on. Indeed, ask now about the days that were past, those days which were before you since the day that God created man on the earth, and ask from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything been done like this great thing, or has anything been heard like it? Did any people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire, as you heard and still live? Or has any man-made God ever tried to go and take for himself a nation from within another nation by trials, by signs and wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by an outstretched arm, and by great terrors, as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. It was shown to you so that you might have personal knowledge and comprehend that the Lord is God. There is no other besides Him. Out of the heavens He let you hear His voice to discipline and admonish you. And on earth he let you see his great fire, and you heard his words from the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers, he chose their descendants who followed them, and brought you from Egypt with his presence, with his great and awesome power, dispossessing and driving out from before you nations, nations that were greater and mightier than you, to bring you in, to give you their land as an inheritance as it is this day. Therefore know and understand today, and take it to your heart, that the Lord is God in the heavens above and on the earth below. There is no other. So you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I am commanding you today, so that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and so that you may live long on the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Notice here what Moses and what God through Moses is telling them, is reminding them. Has any God done the things that he has done? Has any other of these these worthless idols, has nature done any of these things that he has done, that he has shown them? And of course, the answer is no. Of course not. Nothing else has been done like God has done. The idols, all those things have no power. They can't do anything. And that's the whole point. There is no other God besides God, Yahweh, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Then Moses set apart three cities of refuge beyond the Jordan toward the rising of the sun eastward, 
so that someone who committed manslaughter could flee there. That is, a person who killed his neighbor unintentionally and without previously having hostility toward him, and that by escaping to one of these cities, he might claim the right of asylum and save his life. Bezer in the wilderness of the plateau for the Reubenites, and Ramoth in Gilead for the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan for the Manassites. This is the law which Moses placed before the sons of Israel. These are the testimonies, legal provisions, and the statutes and the judgments which Moses spoke to the sons of Israel when they came out of Egypt. Beyond the Jordan, in the valley opposite Beth Peor, in the land of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon, whom Moses and the sons of Israel defeated when they came out of Egypt. They took possession of his land and the land of Og, king of Bashan, the two kings of the Amorites who reigned across the Jordan to the east. From Aurora, which is on the edge of the valley of the river Arnon, as far as Mount Sion, that is Hermon, with all the Arabah desert lowlands across the Jordan to the east, even as far as the Sea of the Arabah, the Dead Sea, at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah. So this has been Deuteronomy chapter 4. Notice the urging of Moses and God through Moses, of course, for the children of Israel to understand that they need to stay faithful to God. Follow God. Don't follow these other things. Don't get distracted with nature and idols. Don't put anything between you and God. Follow God. He should be your main focus. Not that he wants to order you around in your life. He wants to guide you to the best things in your life. When we say focus on the Lord and make him your primary focus, it's so that his teachings are giving you the wisdom you need to make the right choices in life. How much better we would all be if we understood this right away when we were very young, but we don't. And it's something we learn over time. And some of us take longer than others. That's just the way it is. But again, this has been Deuteronomy chapter 4. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.